Today on the Angel of Words podcast, we have the Puerto Rican assassin, Ray Lopez, co-founder of NOLA Mixed Martial Arts, on deck on the Angel of Words podcast. Hello and welcome to the Angel of Words show. And we have a very special guest for y'all today. Co-founder of NOLA MMA, the Puerto Rican assassin, Ray Lopez. Hello, Ray. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us all the way from NOLA during the quarantine situation. Bro, this is crazy. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be on, man. I'm so I'm so proud of you, man. You're doing big things. I see you out here, man. I really appreciate it, man. And you are too the founding one of the founding fathers of uh, Nola MMA, my brother. How are you dealing? Yeah, man. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. We uh, we got this little thing going two years ago, and now uh, now here we are in this in this wild situation we find ourselves all in. It's absolutely amazing, man. And how are you guys dealing right now with this corona situation? I see you've been posting videos on Instagram, you know, still training people virtually. How's that been going? It's been good, man. You know, we're keeping our engagement up. You know, a lot of people right now are, you know, finding it easier to kind of disappear into, uh, into Netflix and, and, you know, drinking, especially in, in a city like New Orleans, you know, where everybody's used to going out and partying all the time. And it's, you know, a very, uh, a very loose kind of place. And now everybody's kind of, you know, on time out right now. Um, so, you know, we're trying to let people know that we're still active. We're still keeping on our game. Uh, you know, uh, my business partner, Hodger is a mestre in, in Capoeira. And he's keeping his virtual classes going and he's using Zoom and we're using YouTube and, and Facebook and Instagram. And we're just trying to keep everybody moving and trying to keep everybody motivated and let them know, like, we're not getting complacent out here. You know, when this thing blows over, people are going to need activity. People are going to need, you know, to socialize. People are going to need to blow off some steam. And, you know, don't wait. You have two months now and it, it's very easy to get complacent and you have a a golden opportunity here to uh, to take some time for yourself. You know, we all work too hard. We all go too hard. And, you know, society in general has been inundated with, you know, the rush and, and you know, the race to the top. And I think it's, you know, we can we can find a blessing in this. You know, so we're just trying to kind of push that forward and, and keep people going. You know, and I, I completely agree with you, you know, and especially in a town like New Orleans, you know what I mean? In Louisiana overall, that's known for having an obesity issue. You guys are getting hit really hard with the coronavirus too. So, you know, as a person, you know, looking from far away, I really appreciate the fact that you're still out there, you know, trying to keep people active and, you know, staying a part of the community and you just haven't disappeared off the face of the earth, you know? For real. And, you know, New Orleans is in a, in a special situation because it's, it's very, it's very deceiving, you know, the, the, the health issues here, because a lot of people, you know, look at New Orleans and they're saying, you know, well, man, they don't fucking take care of themselves. That's why they're like that, this, this and that. But you got to understand that the culture of the city kind of permeates that whole thing, you know, you know, the drinking and, and, and the eating and, you know, the food and, and everything and, and community and gathering is such a part of the culture here that sometimes, you know, taking care of yourself gets lost in the shuffle. And it's not because of 
laziness or stupidity it's out of ignorance and you know i say ignorance not as an insult which most people take the wrong way it's just a lack of knowledge you know if people didn't know you know soul food is such a huge thing down here and you know people don't realize you're not supposed to be eating huge amounts of that kind of stuff you know and there all are there are alternatives you know come on man you know you're not supposed to be eating plates of chitlins you know what i'm saying collard greens ain't greens anymore when you soak them shits in bacon grease you know what i'm saying like (laughs) is it banging fuck yes it's banging but you know what i'm saying it's it's real easy to get caught up in that. You know, we got a, we got a, a, a couple restaurants, you know, that are, that are really getting on that. We got a, a restaurant called Sweet Soul down here that's doing real good stuff with, you know, vegan soul food. Uh, vegan with a twist is doing real good stuff with, with vegan food like that. And, you know, people are starting to kind of understand down here that, you know, your health is everything. And uh, most of the people down here that are succumbing to the coronavirus are obese have kidney disease or have diabetes you know and and all that stuff is is preventable a lot of that kidney disease is probably coming from dialysis you know so this this stuff is is preventable and is it genetic it is to a point because the habits get passed down the gene line as well so it's it's you know it's a it's a thing and you know there's there's a lot of people down here that you know us uh first and foremost trying to you know make people understand you know your health is is everything uh this company down here called chronically chill run by kimberly k that's doing health and wellness and you know trying to make sure that people are understanding nutrition and working with people with disabilities and getting them moving again because that kind of stuff is, is lacking down here not because of the want for it it's because it just never was a thing you know you look five years ago in new york all of a sudden you know six years ago everybody's drinking juice yeah. and you know doing <laughs> yoga every day and all that kind of Soul stuff cycle, and it takes a little bit longer stuff. for that kind of stuff to get down here come on man you know it's it's you know that ain't sexy no more bro. Yo, no man it's not in bro it's not i mean i don't know if it's ever been in but it's definitely not in right now that's a fact <laughs> you know oh, man. come on people were talking about people were trying to give people some leeway with that vibe a couple years ago and people ain't having that no oh, more it's quiet for that movement right now brother and you've had a very interesting trajectory man because you know you're a jersey boy right uh i met you in new york That's city it. you know we were uh you know some freaking uh, uh little young boys you know always uh partying That's and stuff wow you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then you know um uh you were actually working as a graphic designer if i recall for levi's you know, uh, you know. Yeah, I was working uh, for a company called Hadat Brands, and we did Levi's, Nike, Converse, Jordan, uh, Hurley. You know, we were doing all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, man, and and it's like, yo, and then you know, I, I, but I also recall you telling me that you know you wrestled in high school, and you always told me that this is something that you wanted to do in the future. You know, everybody looks at you like you crazy. I mean, you know, I personally believed in you, and you know, now seeing what you've been up to, you know, it doesn't come as a shock or a surprise to me at all. But my brother, could you really like elaborate on that thought process from going from a graphic designer and then going back to your passion in the mixed martial arts game? Yeah, man. Uh, so growing up, you know, my, my father uh, trained, you know, growing up, my father and my uncle, you know, trained and, and they trained competitively and they entered tournaments and things like that. I believe they studied Boju Ru. Um, so from a young age, you know, my dad was always, you know, teaching me stuff and he got me into tempo uh when i was about nine years old with uh Artie Bynes. he's one of the uh 
first and foremost karate instructors uh, in the country, probably. Um, and uh, I did that until I was about probably 12 years old. And then I started wrestling. Um, and, you know, wrestling in Jersey is, is the cream of the crop, man. That's, uh, that's it. New Jersey, that's a big deal Pennsylvania, out there for sure. Cali, you know. Yeah, huge deal out there. And, uh, you know, you're talking about a school with 2,000 kids and 14 spots on the varsity wrestling team. You know what I mean? You've got a couple hundred kids on that team trying to go for those spots. It's very, very competitive. And, uh, you know, we, we were high level. We had a real good team. And, uh, man, I just fucked up. I just didn't have the – I had all the talent in the world. And, you know, my mental just didn't match the physical. You know, I just didn't, didn't put it together the way that I should have. But, you know, I was still getting looked at to wrestle in college and everything. And, you know – I, you know, I did some real good things, you know, and I hit some goals that I wanted to hit. And uh, I just burned out, man. The sport broke my heart, and I wanted to have a normal college experience. So, you know, I turned my back on those schools, and I actually chose a school specifically that didn't have a wrestling team because I knew if there was a team, I would wind up walking on junior year, sophomore year, something like that. So I just, you know, I wanted to have a clean break. And, uh, you know, I wrestled year round all through high school and everything, seventh grade, eighth grade, you know, all four years. And it, it was just too much. You know, I was I was done with it. And, uh, you know, my parents were freaking a little bit because they're like, damn, that was supposed to be some, some college money and everything like that. And what are we going to do? And, you know, I wound up picking a small school in, in Jersey, small, you know, state college, uh, you know, Kane University. Um, they had just became a university by a couple of years before I went there, but they had a really, really good graphic design program. I told my dad, I think I'm going to go to school for art. And he's like, Shit, okay, you know, this is what you want to do. You know, I had always been artistic, you know, I always been, you know, doing graffiti and shit like that. Um, so they were supportive and everything like that. You know, they were, they were definitely shocked, but you know, they supported me all the way through. And, um, you know, I went to school and got my degree, you know, and uh, got my job in New York and, you know, it was a wrap after that. And then, you know, I went down that path and, you know, started doing the thing, graphic design and, you know, had a real great job, but I was also like not taking care of myself. And, you know, I was drinking all the time, eating like shit, you know, you're going out with your bosses for lunch and you're knocking back a drink or two, yeah. you know, the, the, yeah, the corporate the life, culture. yeah, you know the, the corporate life, man, you know how it is, yeah, man, you're drinking after you six all day, man, from six to 11, and if, if it's really turned up, then you're there till two, three in the morning, four in the morning, you know, bro, come on, mm -hmm. we were there together all sometimes, the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you know the fucking the bar owner, and that's, <laughs> sometimes all the time, <laughs> and you know the bar owner, and all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a wrap, yeah. you know. It's it's, it's yeah. crazy. It's, a, it's you crazy. Go, you, you know, know? You and then you live right above the bar, and that's no help. Yeah, man. <laughs> so you know that that started happening, and man, I got up to probably about 187 pounds, and I just was not healthy, and I wasn't feeling it, and uh, you know, uh, I had started training again. And, you know, getting into that because it just had to do something. How'd you end up there? Like something and you just woke up one day and decided, yo, I, I got to, you know, it was like one of those epiphany moments where like you just woke up and I'm like, yo, I got to get back in the gym hardcore. Let's do this. Like, you know, what it was? It, or was no, man, my, my fiance at the time was, you know, worried about me because I was just like getting out of shape. And, you know, she was like, man, you know, you, you know, Kim was like, you know, you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. I'm worried about you. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, 
yeah, you know, we we were always watching like Ultimate Fighter, and I was like, man, this dude's fucking that up. He should be doing this. She's like, how do you know about all this? I was like, well, you know, I trained a little bit. You know, I wrestled and everything, but you know, damn, I wish I was a little younger. I, I would get into this. And uh, we were watching Born Identity one day, and I was like, man, I got to get down with this CQC shit. You know, that close quarters combat shit is tight. So she got me a Groupon to Krav uh, Maga Academy. Uh, it's run by Matan Gadish. It's now uh, transitioned to Fitbit. And he's doing real big things with self-defense and things like that um, in Manhattan. So definitely check him out. And uh, I started training there. And damn, I lost probably 30 pounds in three months with him. And, you know, it was crazy, man. I just fell right back in love. I went to my first class. I threw up. And uh, it felt good. It felt like I felt like moving again and everything. And we were working some uh, takedown drills one day. And, you know, I'm taking motherfuckers down left and right. And he's like, man, like, did you wrestle or something? I was like, yeah, I did. And he's like, shit. And, uh, <laughs> you, take you know, we had a, there was valid, a jiu-jitsu you know? program. <laughs> yeah, right? And I'm like, shit, I'm back, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had a jiu-jitsu program over there run by uh, Plenty O Cruz, who is my original jiu-jitsu instructor, who now runs Cruz MMA in, uh, in New Jersey, in Newark, and uh, in Harrison specifically. And, um, you know, he was like, yeah, I think you should, you know, try out jiu-jitsu. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm good. I know how to grapple and shit like that. I grew up wrestling. Like, I'm just trying to get back in shape and everything. And he's like, nah, I should try it one day. And finally, after like two weeks, he convinced me. And I jumped into that shit. And I was like, oh, damn, this shit is fun, man. I like this shit. And uh, I was like, all right, this is cool. You know, I, I could do this for fun. You know, there's no, no competition, no pressure or anything like that. And I don't know, like a month or two later, there was a tournament coming up and he was like, yo, I think you should compete. And I was like, nah, yo, that part of my life is over. I don't, I don't do that no more. And, uh, you know, we, we were talking about it and he's like, listen, come on, man, there's going to be 10 of us going out there, 10 or 15 people, you know, no pressure. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. I was like, all right, man, fuck it. He's like, you don't got to cut weight or nothing. And I was like, all right, cool. So I'm probably, you know, hundred and. 60 pounds at this wow, time. You were fighting like at that. 122, and, right? Uh, right now, I fight 125, yeah. Okay. So I was, still, I was still on the way okay. down, let's say. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I'm about like, you know, 160 to 180, you know, 187 to 160. I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm moving better and everything. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool, let's compete. So I went out there and I wound up having three fights and I won my first tournament. And I was like, motherfucker, this shit, I'm back, fuck it. And uh, I went and I won my next tournament as well. And then I went to my next tournament and I wound up losing in that tournament. And I was like, oh, all right, that's not so bad. Like, yeah. losing ain't a big thing. Like, it don't even fucking matter. Like, I'm much more mature now than I was when I was in high school. Like, take the L, learn from it, and move on. And, uh, and I was like, fuck it, man, let's do this. Let's compete. Let's just have fun with it. And I started competing again, winning a couple more tournaments. I uh, started training a little bit of uh, Muay Thai and mm-hmm. everything like that. And the owner of uh, Krav Maga Academy, Matan, you know, he was like, what do you what do you think about fighting MMA? And I was like, Matan, man, I'm 31 yeah. years old, man. I can't fight MMA. That's craziness, man. I'm 31. He's like, he's like, but Ray, you're fucking destroying all these like 20-year-olds that are fighting now. Like these guys are fighting and they have winning records. And you're like you're beating these guys in the room. Like, didn't you say you always wanted to do this? Yeah. Like, you have a chance. And I'm like, man, this motherfucker is really selling me this shit right now. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'll do one. You remember yeah. that? 
You remember when I yeah. came out? I was like, y'all, I'm gonna yeah. fight. And you, y'all were like, like yeah, motherfucker, you crazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah you like, like crazy. Man, you gonna do fight? that shit, brother? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so that, I remember all the boys like, so you gonna be like wearing headgear and shit, right? I'm like, nah, yeah. nigga, there's no headgear. Yeah, that was the real <laughs> like, deal. We going in there with four ounce gloves. We going in there with four ounces and fucking that's it. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I started training for that and he was like, let's get your striking up. And we trained for probably four months hard, man. And got down to 135 for the first time since I was in high school. And uh, we went out and fucking won that fight by knockout, man. It was crazy. It was crazy. I was just like high off that shit immediately. I was like, yo, I'm definitely doing this shit again. And uh, here it is five fights later, man. I'm fucking 37 years old and I'm still uh, fighting MMA. It's fucking wild that's, man that's you know and, man. yeah it's crazy you know moved down to uh new orleans and you know finally got the gym open and you know i got a really really good group down here and uh matthias meester is basically like the founder of uh jujitsu down here and uh you know really mm-hmm. really brought it down to the south in, in louisiana and he runs nola bjj and he, you know, welcomed me with open arms down here and then started training with him and everything and, you know, let him know as soon as I moved down, look, I, I would really love to open the gym one day. And, you know, he, he worked with me on it and, you know, gave me the blessing and everything. And Hodger is, is a black belt for NOLA BJJ as well. So, you know, we uh, decided to open up the uh, the MMA portion of it, and, you know, focus on the wrestling and the Muay Thai and the Nogi Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu and bringing it all together with uh, MMA and, we got a fight team built and we had eight guys fighting in December and, you know, in two years we've really built uh, something pretty amazing down here. We've got a real good family. So I'm, I'm super proud and honored to be a part of it. That's fantastic. Right now we're on the line with uh, the co-founder of NOLA MMA, the Puerto Rican assassin, Ray Lopez. And uh, Ray, I mean, but, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of sacrifice involved with starting your own business, you know, and I really respect you because, you know, as Latino, you know, you know, as people from the Latino community, you know, that, uh, you know, there's lacking in education, especially where I grew up, you know, New York City, urban communities, you know, we really don't get the, the, uh, the you know, that kind of um vision that where you can actually you know expand your horizons there's so many ways to do things so many different avenues to take to be successful and when i see you doing this i know there had to be like a a really hard sacrifice behind it like man and you were telling me the story about like how you were drinking beer just to just to keep yourself with, with a full stomach man so could you really describe like the really the grit it takes to build something of this caliber Bro, the sacrifice is crazy, man. I remember when I was getting it going, I had uh, a friend that had a real small apartment. And he was like, listen, man, you know, during the week, you know, this apartment is yours. And, you know, you can stay here and I'll make it nice and cheap for you and everything. But we do Airbnbs on the weekends. And, you know, I uh, I started, you know, being like, all right, cool. You know, we're going we're gonna to have this apartment during the week. And on the weekends, it was like, bro, sleep in the car. If you want to keep a cheap place and you don't want to be, you know, throwing out that money that you need, sleep in the car, you know, you do that for a couple months. And then I had a real good friend, you know, she heard about the situation and uh, she had a spot in her house and everything like that, an extra room. And she was like, listen, while you're working on this, you come stay with me and, you know, you, you, you get on your feet and everything and you bank up and you open your business. You know what I'm saying? And ah, without our 10, man, shit, our 10 delay, shout out because 
yeah, I'd still be on the streets if it wasn't for her, man. She uh, she believed in me and she gave me a space and, you know, I would try to give her rent money and she'd be like, yeah, you, I, I'm not taking that. Like, I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to build and we need that here. So, you know, the, the community really came together, man. And, you know, those, those days when you're sitting in that apartment and, you know, you're sitting there and you're trying to, you know, get by and you're like, man, shit, somebody left a can of beer in here from the Airbnb. I don't got money for dinner right now. Yeah. You know what? Half a beer will fill me up, That's man. Shit. Let's have half a beer and a handful of potato chips, yeah. man. And all of a sudden, you know, let's just go to sleep yeah. and you won't wake up hungry, you know, and <laughs> Come on, man. You you ain't ketchup sandwiches. Oh, man. All day, man. Mayonnaise sandwiches. Bro, I mean, I, I mean, like, even, you know, doing the podcast now, bro. Like, you know, like, I didn't leave my house to save money. You know what I mean? I literally would also drink yeah. beer to fill myself up. to be Not because I'm an alcoholic, but because I'm like, yo, if I drink this beer, I eat a bag of chips, just like you said, I'm Gucci. I'm good to go. I'll wake up tomorrow. The grind starts all I'm over again, go. man, you know? Those, you know, those are the kind come of on, sacrifices man. Put you gotta in, make. Put an extra milk in your, come on, put an extra milk in your coffee because you know it's going to fill you up That's a little a bit. That's you a know, because you, you, you got to decide, yo, do I put gas in the car so I can go hustle today mm-hmm. or do I eat? You know, and, you know, you, you do that for a little bit and, and you look at that and you got to live hard like that for a year or so, six months, whatever it is. And then you look back at that shit and it's a blink, man. It's a blink. Yeah, you know, it's a it, blip it, on the it, radar screen. You know, I look back mm-hmm. and that's it, that's it, that's it, and it makes you appreciate what you have even more. You know, it really does. You know, it really, it really makes you like open the doors of that gym and turn on those lights, and you know, it, it you, you, you take that breath and you're like, yeah, like this is this is ours. We built this. You know, we, we took the time, we put the sacrifice in. You know starting the gym up and you got a full schedule online and you know, you got one person in the class, two people in the class, four people in the class, knowing that's not enough to keep the lights on, but you gotta, you gotta keep pushing. Sometimes no people in class and I would just sit in the gym and you know, sometimes people will come in and ask for a flyer, ask for a business card and I gotta be there. I gotta be there. You know, when you're teaching one person or 30 people, you got to have that same enthusiasm. So, you know, that, that part is what, what breaks a lot of people's hearts, man. They're, they're there, they're excited, they want to teach, they want to have an audience to teach to. And, you know, for six months, it doesn't happen. And they're like, you know what, this ain't working, I'm done, I quit. You know, and it wasn't until seven, eight months in, all of a sudden, we got 15 people, 20 people in class. Now, we're having classes of 25, 30 people, oh, you man. know, and, and we got a really, you really have a full good schedule now. You have a full schedule from what I noticed on the way. You got a full schedule, schedule now. It's, it's popping now. <laughs> we're about to add classes after this quarantine. Oh, man, that's fantastic. And you I know? noticed, like, when, yeah, I, when, when, we're about to add. when I Googled the area, there's a lot of fight schools around the vicinity. It's great that you guys have that camaraderie and that, you know, you actually, you know, help each other up, you know, because, you know, in New York is a doggy dog world, do. but over there, there's like, a, it seems like there's more of a sense of community. Like, you want people to be successful. Well, believe there's a little bit of doggy dog because we all got to fight each yeah. other. We all got to compete against mm-hmm. each other. But Nola B. J. Dane is has four different schools yeah. so we got a nice community of, of you know we, we got a school in Metairie we got a school in uh uptown in New Orleans we're the mid-city school and then we have a school on the west bank as well so we have places to cross train we have a big student base we have a lot of really really talented instructors striking black belts all different disciplines people who wrestled state champs collegiate wrestlers you know we we got a really 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 good uh diverse 
group of people to train with. And, uh, you know, everybody just tries to help each other get better and lift each other up. And, you know, that's, that's something that we really, you know, take pride in because, you know, we have four different buildings to train in and a lot of places don't have that, you know? So especially within the, you know, I, I can drive 20 minutes and get to any of them. So it's a, uh, it's a really good thing. Now, Ray, what, what's your vision right now? You know, now that you have, you know, you have a client base, you know, are you trying to make NOLA MMA like the place where champions train? Like, are you trying to take it to the top? Like, you know, what's the vision right now? You know? Yeah, man, that's it. I want this to be somewhere that people travel all over for, you know, I want, I want to be a gym that isn't just a local or regional stepping stone to one of the big gyms in the country where people further their careers and get into Bellator, get into the UFC, get into one FC, you know, I'm going to be realistic. You know, I got a couple fights left in me, regardless of how my career is going at 40, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not fighting past 40. I want to focus on my gym. You know, I've avoided a lot of head trauma, thankfully, and I don't get hit a lot. And, you know, being able to teach and be articulate and, you know, have my mind work the right way is very important to me. Um, so even if I'm, you know, eight or no, nine and no, by the time I'm 40, I'm, I want to stop just to, you know, be able to focus on competing in jujitsu and, you know, keeping my body healthy and really focusing on these guys that are in their twenties that have a real future in this, that can make it to the show. We have some guys that are, incredible my passion has always been coaching you know i i fight to legitimize myself Mm. as a coach Mm. first and foremost when my students and fighters know that they have somebody who's been through it who's been through a brutal training camp who's had bad injuries who's had to deal with a hard weight cut who knows how to deal with the promoters who's gone through the butterflies of weighing in and going through the rules meeting and getting your hands wrapped and walking to the cage and stepping in there and you know, having to be in there. You know, I want people to know that they have somebody who's who's done that before. Yeah, who's going to be know? with them through, the, from the ground that, zero all the way, all yeah. the way up, man, that knows what it is to be a fighter and, you know, and to be a champion exactly. because you've actually won titles. You've been busting some cat's asses, bro. Like, you know, I was watching all the videos <laughs> and I was like, yo, I mean, I'll be honest, and you, and, you, and you know how to differentiate styles and adapt in the ring because, you know, like you said, you have a, you have a wrestling background and, you know, you could go in and try to go for takedowns and things of that nature, but I, I also see you, you know, you're infusing kicks you're infusing boxing a lot as well you don't you don't just try to go for the takedown it's like you know how to fill your opponent out adapt to their style and then go after them you know with the style that you think is going to go that's going to work best and you know i noticed that when you run that when you won that amateur title on the split decision man you know what how did you feel man when you won that title man bro that was crazy i hadn't fought in two years before that um, I had a two-year layoff. There was some crazy ass shit that went down, and uh, you know, moving down here, transitioning from New York to New Orleans, and uh, I hadn't fought in a couple years, and they offered me that fight. And that kid is a is a, is a state champion from New York. You know, that kid is a a D two wrestler. Uh, he's very very good, man. That's a kid that you know knows how to fucking wrestle. And I remember taking that fight and being like, you know what? I'm not grappling this yeah. fight. I got to know. I have to know if I'm going to be a fighter, if I can fight a grappler and keep him off. Yeah. Me. 
and and use use my range and use that weapon and not just try and out grapple somebody, right? Why sit here and try to be stubborn and butt heads when you know what? It's my amateur career. I haven't fought in two years. This is the place to fucking experiment. You know, a lot of people say don't experiment in the cage, but at some point you got to get comfortable. Yeah, you got to get comfortable. You know, you mm-hmm. got to step out of your comfort you zone. You got to step out of your comfort zone. You know, so. I was like, you know what? He's been seeing my videos. He's seen me as a as an orthodox fighter. Let's go southpaw for this whole. I fight. noticed that, man. A few yeah. And leg kicks. Let's keep him off me. Let's stuff the takedowns. And then you know, all of a sudden, I probably landed got 50, 60 jabs yeah. in that fight, probably twenty leg kicks or so, and I stuffed about four or five takedowns. He looked, he looked uncomfortable. You know? and, I'll be completely know, honest. Was, you made him look uncomfortable. He looked uncomfortable. He probably, you know, he probably did his research on you and was like, "Oh, this guy's a wrestler. Great. Like, you know, I'm, I'm probably better than him at doing it. I really hope that he tries to grapple with me." And you hit him with, like you said, you hit him with the left. Literally, you turned southpaw and became, and you boxed him <laughs> essentially almost that whole fight. That was amazing. Yeah, I boxed him. Yeah. That, Box him up and hit him with mad leg kicks, you know, and and you know once once that happened, I was like, all right, you know, let's let's just be comfortable in there. Let's just go in and have fun, like because at that point, I felt like a complete fighter. I can grapple, I can strike, I can throw hands, I can kick, I can wrestle, I can fight off my back if I need to with jujitsu. I can use my jujitsu from the top, and I feel like over the course of my career, I've been able to use you know, a little bit of everything. I'm fortunate in five fights, you know, that I've been able to finish four of them. And, you know, that one split decision is, you know, that, that's, that's, it's a beautiful thing, man, to be able to, you know, have this experience and have these fights and, you know, get this work and, you know, having, having not lost yet, man, you know, and people say, you know, well, you got to learn how to lose. I was like, motherfucker, I learned how to lose. I lost in high school. I learned how to, you know, take my L's, man. I had articles written about how if I would have won that match, it might have fucking turned around, you yeah. know? And I didn't want to go to school that day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, that, shit is, uh, that shit is hard. Well, you could have used the trick that you, you told know? me you usually use on the that. wrestlers, that, you know, the little thumb up the butt trick. Maybe that would have worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I was too proud yeah, to no, use no, it. No, I Maybe I was too proud, you know? Maybe I said, well, you know, if I could go back, I might have been, you know, digging in a little Yo, bit more facts, shit. No. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's... You can't Come you can't on. call it with time, man. It was your time, you know, and this is your time. And, you know, th- this is probably what you're meant to be doing, man, uh, right now. Being a teacher, being a coach, being an entrepreneur in the MMA world. But you did have a professional fight, man. How did you feel? Did you have the bubble guts after that first professional fight when you actually turned pro? Nah, man, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. You know, I felt like, I felt like, why be nervous? Like, I've done this before. You should have a healthy amount of nerves going into the fight. And I've realized that like, you're supposed to be nervous. You're stepping into a fucking cage (laughs) with a trained person who wants to take your motherfucking head off and get paid. You know what I'm saying? Like this, and this motherfucker got his peoples and people there. You don't want to lose in front of nobody. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like this, that's it. So if, if you don't, you know, I had some coaches, uh, you know, shout out to my coaches in New York. Uh, you know, like I said, Matan, uh, Plenio Cruz, Luis Azaredo, uh, Shoot the Box, C1 MMA, Serge Scully, um, you know, Nadav, uh, Lior, you know, those guys, you know, really, really helped me. And, you know, every single one of those guys told me, if you're stepping into a cage or you're stepping into a ring 
or you're stepping onto a mat and you don't have a little bit of fear, a little bit of nervousness, you probably shouldn't be fighting. Right? Because you've got to respect exactly. what you're doing. You've got to understand one shot could end you. You know, one bad submission hold, one bad fall, you break your neck, you fucking get mm-hmm. head trauma, you 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 a vegetable for the rest of your yep. life. You know, and that's that's the kind of thing that sometimes people don't take into consideration. I got guys that come off the street and they're like, I want to fight. I want to be in the UFC. And I'm like, all right, well, have you trained before? And they're like, nah. I was like, all right, well, first of all, that's not going to happen probably. Second of all, even when people come to me train, you got to be with me for six months because I have to know that the ability to fight isn't it, man. It's your mental state. Your mental state is everything, man. You got to be coachable. You got to be teachable. You got to be humble. You got to have no ego. You got to be able to work with your training partners and not go too hard and hurt everybody. You know what I'm saying? You break your toys all the time. You're not going to have nothing to play with. You know, these guys got fights coming up too. So we're all training with each other. You know, it's not like boxing where you just bring in sparring partners just to knock the fuck out. You know, you, you're working with each other, trying to help each other get better. So you got to protect each other, man. we got a responsibility to each other. So I've had guys completely trained come in and be like, I have fights. I'll be like, yeah, but you're not fighting for me for six months to a year. Because I got I to gotta know how you yeah. are. You know, and if you're not a good fit for the family, I'm not going to have to kick you out. You'll leave. Because it's it, the, 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 the vibe ain't right, you know. And, and I haven't had to kick anybody out of the gym, man. I haven't had to deal with that. They just... They just don't come back if it's yeah. not for them, you know? And if that's the case, you know, they, they, they probably have some attributes that aren't good because my fight team works with my regular students. You know, we are one of the few gyms where you can come and you can work with amateur and professional level MMA fighters in a regular class. And my fighters know that part of it is, you know, bringing along the new students and helping them and helping them feel comfortable. There's no clicks. My fight team doesn't train separately from my other guys or girls. Like, I want everybody to train together. I don't break up my classes by gender. My guys and girls learn what it's like to train with each other, especially my girls doing jujitsu, wrestling, striking. I want them to work with guys that are bigger than them. I want them to have that feeling because that's probably what it's going to be in the streets for them. You know, a lot of people are doing this not to fight MMA, not to win tournaments. Not to win belts, they're doing this to stay in shape or because something fucked up happened to them or because they're trying to take the power yeah. back. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's the main reason. That's, a, that's, a, that's the reason why we have this gym. You know, if I was just worried about MMA, I would fucking work in a warehouse somewhere and go train and fight that's for a, a living. Yes. You know, but I enjoy fighting, but the passion is having a place where people can come and improve themselves and blow off steam and get better and, you know, improve themselves and, you know, maybe get over something fucked up that happened to them or, or be able to, to, you know, lose that weight that's been fucking plaguing them or be able to, you know, move in a way that they never thought they'd be able to move, man. I got fucking 50-year-old fucking dudes training jujitsu with 20-year-olds and busting their ass. Oh, man, that's great. It's a place for an outlet, man. It's, <laughs> you know, a place for a team atmosphere. And, and I understand that mentality and that mindset that you have where we just can't accept anybody. You just can't in, come in here, you know, uh, think you're going to you know, eliminate the whole world because... This, this is a, like you said, it's a family. You know, there's a place where you come to learn, where you it come is. to accept, because all of that goes into 
box, I mean, into MMA, into any kind of athletic, athletic sport. You know, you have to know how to adapt not only physically, but mentally, man. And if you can't do that, you'll never be a champion. Bro, you'll never, I tell my fighters all the time, if your family is not behind you fighting, you can't fight. Because you need that support at home. You need the fight is not the fight in the cage, right? That's the fun part. That's the show. That's where you get to go show off the hard work. The hard work is the six to eight weeks before the fight when you got to start putting in two a days, where you got to start changing your diet, where you got to start getting to sleep early, where you got to start, you know, cutting down on the social engagement, where you got to start making sure you're drinking water instead of anything else. Well, you got to go put every single thing into the fucking gym and outwork this dude that you know is getting ready for the same fucking thing. And it's you versus yourself. It's you versus yourself. I'm getting paid to train my ass off and cut weight and make weight, right? A little bit of that paycheck goes towards the fight. But that fucking paycheck for that fight, man, that, that fucking show money and that win money, that's for the fucking six weeks to eight weeks before the fucking fight. That I had to sacrifice everything. When, you know, your, your, your mom or your dad or your, you know, your, your spouse or your fucking boyfriend or your girlfriend or, you know, your best friend or your fucking roommate has to fucking help you make meals and help you wake up and help you stay on your fucking horse and make sure that you're fucking working out the right way and fucking not dragging ass and That's not, you know, That's the real fight. your responsibility. That's the real fight. That's, That's the, real the real fight, fight because you know what? Your life doesn't mm -hmm. stop either. You still got to mm -hmm. go to work. You still got to maintain your fucking interpersonal relationships. You still got to pay your fucking bills. You still got to be a fucking human being. Facts, man. Facts. You know, the, the world don't stop for fucking eight weeks. It sure the fuck doesn't. Now, Ray, I, I, you know, I, I love the fact that you chose the name, the Puerto Rican assassin. You could have chose a plethora of names. You know, you know, why did you choose to rep PR? My culture, man, that's, uh, that actually came from football, man. I love it. Man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, that, that came from football, man. That, that, came, that came from Coach Verratti in Howell Yo, High School, dope. man, when I was still playing football. Oh. And, uh, yeah, man, I was tiny, and uh, I played outside linebacker still because I was real fucking fast, and I knew how to tackle people yeah. from wrestling. So they fucking put me on outside linebacker. And uh, I was cracking, you know, we were doing uh, nutcrackers one day and fucking, we were just going hard. And fucking Coach Baraki was like, he's a fucking Puerto Rican <laughs> assassin. Holy shit. And I love that shit. That shit, has, that shit has just stuck, man. That shit Yo, has just stuck. Man, that's so crazy, so, man. Yeah, man. That's, that's it. That's it. And uh, I don't even like, I don't even have a fight name because that's got to be like, given to you, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it's just, uh, it's just Ray Lopez at another MMA when I step into that cage, bro. That's it. Oh, man. Ray, I want to give you an opportunity to tell, you know, tell the nation, tell the world, tell everybody who's tuning in, you know, why they should come to NOLA MMA and why it's, you know, why it's probably one of the best locations to actually get your uh, MMA on, man. You know, give, you know, tell the world why your school is one of the best schools to actually go in and, and uh, participate in these uh, athletic activities. First and foremost, you're going to have fun. We've got a great group of people there. The guys and girls that train there are all just 
so nice, man. They're the sweetest people in the world. And, uh, and they'll bust your ass too. You know, it's, uh, it's a really good balance. And, uh, we, we have a blast there, man. And we offer everything. We have, you know, Muay Thai classes. We have wrestling classes. We have combat jujitsu. We have gi jujitsu. We have no gi jujitsu. You know, we, uh, we really make sure that we're getting the full gamut of, uh, of skills that you need to, uh, to be able to either, have fun and stay in shape, defend yourself, you know, hopefully never having to use that kind of stuff but it's there if you do, or if you want to fight, if you want to just fight once or if you want to make a career out of it. Um, you know, we we have a really strong consistency in, uh, in, in coaching and teaching. You know, I teach most of the classes um, on the schedule, and uh, the other two classes that I don't teach is actually just me and Hodger both on the mat at the same time teaching. Um, so I'm there all the time and, uh, I train with everybody. Like I said, my fight team trains with the regular students. So you'll have an opportunity to train with, you know, amateur and professional fighters. And, uh, you know, we, we love it. This is what we do. You know, this is, this is what I do for a living. Now, um, this isn't a side hustle. This isn't, you know, a hobby. This is, this is my passion, my profession. This is, this is everything. So you're going to, you're going to get dedicated coaching from somebody who eats, breathes, and sleeps, you know, martial arts and everything. Now, could we get your handles, you and your business partner, Roger Valencio da Silva? Uh, you know, how, how can people reach out to you guys? You know, give us the Instagrams, give us everywhere they can reach you, website. I'm going to give you all the shit. Give us the all skinny, right. pal. Come on, though. And don't leave nothing out, okay? I, wanna, I want my people to go out to yeah, know I'm gonna, that I'm going to give you right? I'm gonna give you all of it. All right. So the Facebook is New is Nola N M A dash New Orleans Mixed Martial Arts. That's on Facebook. My personal Facebook is Ray Lopez. You'll see a picture of me holding the strap. The belt, not a gun. because uh, I know New York niggas yeah, are listening. Oh, you so. already know, bro. <laughs> and after this quarantine there's gonna be a lot of uh, pent up frustration. They need somewhere to go, bro. <laughs> Come on, oh, come on, come on. Uh, the, the Instagram handle is at NOLA underscore MMA. My personal Instagram handle is at the PR Assassin. Nice. I want to give a shout out to a couple of my affiliates, uh, Jiu Jitsu Times. Uh, you can find all the latest jujitsu news and happenings there. Uh, I'm a partner instructor for them. They're always putting up great technique videos and everything. You can catch a couple from me on there. Uh, Diamond MMA. They make the best cups and really great gear uh, for MMA and any other sport. Their Instagram handle is at Diamond MMA, all one word. Uh, Alatom CBD. If you want to get your CBD nice. on, get your uh, get your recovery on, they make some incredible products: sublingual gummies, uh, bath salts, uh, lip balms, everything, all the things. They make incredible products. Uh, this stuff really, really helps. Um, that's at Alitom CBD A L L I T O M CBD. Did you leave anything else? Did you leave anybody out there? And okay. 
Yeah, let me uh, yeah. also give a shout out to Nova BJJ in general. Um, one of the best parts about training at NOLA MMA is if you join NOLA MMA, you can train at any of our three affiliate oh, gyms. Um, and same thing, if you join any of the other NOLA BJJs, all four schools open up to you. Uh, that's a huge perk of uh, coming down and training with some really, really great black belts down here, really world-class instruction. And, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're really just growing down here and, and doing big things. And, you know, once this quarantine lifts, I'm, I'm positive that we're going to come back stronger from this. And uh, we're going we're gonna to make things happen and we're going to make some big moves. Well, Ray, thank you so much for joining the program. Folks, you were listening to the PR assassin, Mr. Ray Lopez, co-founder of NOLA MMA. Make sure to check it out. He just spit out everywhere you could catch these cats at. So please do your due diligence and go holla at them boys over there in New Orleans, Louisiana. Ray, thank you so much, my brother. Bro, thank you so much. And uh, next time in NYC, let's definitely do this face-to-face, man. It was real good talking to you. Real good talking to you too, my brother. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview today with the Puerto Rican assassin, Ray Lopez, doing big things out there in New Orleans, Louisiana, in the mixed martial arts world. If you want to continue viewing and following the Angel of Words podcast, click on the notification bell. Also, follow my Angel of Words ENT channel on YouTube. You could also follow me at Angel of Words podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And at all my social media handles are at Angel of Words ENT. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Talk to you later.